welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here. You're listening to Eurofolk Radio. This is the voice of Christian Israel. And it is September 20th, 2020. And we're almost at the equal days and nights of the equinox. <laughs> it's coming up very shortly. And actually, according to the solar calendar, we are in the Feast of Trumpets. So happy Feast of Trumpets for everybody. Not much required of us Israelites during the Feast of Trumpets, just to have a good time and uh, basically be aware that the Second Coming will be preceded by <laughs> trumpets, all right? Uh, namely, the sound of earthquakes. The whole earth will be trumpeting at us, and everybody in the world will hear that, and everybody in the world will see the lightning flashing from horizon to horizon at his second coming. Most of the people who witness that are going to witness it with dread, because it says in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 24, that the earth will mourn when they see all of this happening. In other words, oh my goodness, the prophecy was true. I should have been a better person, but they won't, uh, they won't be happy about it. Over, are you? Uh, uh, greetings to you, Pastor Martins. Uh, good evening, Pastor Eli, and also good evening to all our listeners across the globe. Yes, uh, most interesting times that we're living in, Pastor, and uh, daily we can see uh, biblical prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Yes. I was speaking, I was actually uh, texting with somebody yesterday, and uh, somebody I haven't spoken to for quite a while, and uh, one of the things that um, I mentioned was that with time having gone by, uh, so drastically fast, so drastically rapidly, uh, one is also reminded of the fact that the uh, Messiah said that had these days not been shortened, no one would have survived. They're right. They better be shortened a lot. <laughs> yes. Right. And, and uh, also the, the events that have occurred, we, how could we have even considered or even uh, perceived that during our time, these, the, all the, the um, uh, indications and the signs of the anti-Messiah right. would become evident right before us. In fact, that we would be scrummed or drummed into a, uh, um, animals into a, uh, what we call in South Africa, we call it a dipgang, uh, uh, for dipping of the, the animals. Mm -hmm. where the animals are forced to go through a dipping bath. Oh, boy. Of course, to yeah. to, to, to uh, clear them of lice and the parasites. Okay. But here we are being, we are being infested, um, forcefully infested with the lice, with the lice, with the lice and parasites of the right. animals. <laughs> right, exactly. The viper people that uh, were prophesied in Genesis 3.15 to bite at our heels, you know, until the second coming, <laughs> right? That's yes, right. yes, yes. And so we, this is a situation. Even Genesis three fifteen was a prophecy of the you know the way in which the first of all the Canaanites, the the descendants of Cain, the Kenites, then the Canaanites, yeah. and then the Edomites would be hiding and lurking in the background, biting at our heels, you know, trying to destroy our, our nations. And so um, here, here's basically how it works. We, the true Israelites, build nations, 
as prophesied, okay? And then there, yes. the, the Viper people biting at our heels come and destroy our nations until uh, our, uh, we can't stand it anymore and we have to move on and build another nation. And then the parasites follow us to that new nation as you in South Africa, the Boer people, perfectly understand. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well um, the... the um, what Father Yahweh said to the, his people at the mount um, when he gave the law unto Moses and the people, he said to them, if they do not obey the commandments and the uh, instructions which he gives the, the, his, his people, that they would find themselves followed by the sword and dispersion. The sword and dispersion. Uh, alternately, yeah. alternatively and after every event, he would test them to see if they would heed to his commands and his instructions. Right. And if they do not, the sword will again follow them until they are dispersed to the uttermost ends of the earth. And have we not and been now, dispersed to the uttermost ends of the earth? Right? Absolutely. And how true that is with uh, the Boers, the, the Bura whom had been um, dispersed all the way to the Cape, and even when they arrived at the Cape, they were subjected to the same um, uh -huh. uh, uh, persecution that they had experienced in Europe, and then the persecution right. continued to such an extent that they decided to undertake the Groot Trek, the Great Trek, and unfortunately, they took the band, um, what... Um, Father Yahweh had said to them that they should not take with them whenever they moved to the the um, into the land, the promised land, mm -hmm. was to leave the Egypt the Egyptian gods behind. Now the Boers took the Egyptian gods with them on the great trek, and that that was the cause of the the fail. That's right. That's right. Well, interestingly, uh, you know, um, Michael Swede and I were talking about this in great detail last week, uh, how our pr people were dispersed all over the world. And we, f we discovered last week that the nation of New Zealand was actually yes. founded and named by the Danes, by the Danes who arrived there because uh, it's named after Zealand, Denmark. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, uh, so we see that you know all these new. Uh, I don't know about Australia, but everybody knows Australia was founded by by the British, right? Uh, populated by British uh, so-called criminals. Uh, probably uh, the British were part of the revolution against the corrupt leadership in Britain at various yeah. times in Britain's history, right? And so, so Britain was found. I mean, uh, Australia was founded by Brits. New Zealand was founded by Danes, and of course, South Africa was uh, really founded by the Boer people of Judah. Yeah. Okay. Because yes. it's your people who founded, uh, settled there, became farmers, and had produce, where the Cape Dutch Afrikaner Jews, Edomites, never really settled the land until after the Boer people did. Again, uh, although you, you sail, your ancestors sailed down there on ships owned by the uh, British, no, the Dutch East India Company, and then later the British, British East India Company, yeah. yes. Yeah, but no, you're the people who actually settled it. 
not the not the yes. du- not the Dutch East India Company. Okay, so uh, so uh, I well, put, well, go ahead. It, it 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 was because of their persecution of the uh, Boers that the Boers uh, undertook the great trek, and of course that led to their um, their, their discovery of the Boer republics of the Transvaal and the Free State. Yes, and they established these repu- these republics, but that was only short lived. Yeah, independently, because the Boers succumbed yeah. to the the deception and the lies of the Edomite, Kazarian, Cape Dutch, Afrikaners. Right, and those two Boer nations were founded without the connivance of the Jews or the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Is because the the Boer people were trying to get away from them that they founded those exactly. two. Okay. Right. So uh, we, the true Israelites, are the ones. Uh, there's a passage in Genesis, I think it's Genesis 10, that the uh, borders of nations will be determined by the ten tribes, 12 tribes of Israel. Okay. Yes. yes. And that we have gone around the world determining the borders of various nations, not just our own, but the other nations have followed suit, and, you know, declaring borders such as rivers or seashores, etc of their own countries following after us until the Israelites started doing this uh, even in the blacks in Africa they had no established nations they were just meandering tribes who made war yeah. against the pillaging rampaging against one another they never had any clear borders they never had any clear government you know they would have a king you know a tribal yeah. king but they would never have any government no borders so oh again the bible prophecy has been fulfilled yeah okay Right. Absolutely. So now, what we're going to talk about today is the uh, how Germany, uh, according to Van Rensburg, would uh, uh, be revived in the end times and become, you know, uh, uh, after World War One, because Rensburg was alive during World War One. Correct. Uh, Yes, that's correct, Pastor. Okay. I think he uh, died in 1926. Okay, so he was referring to a future time when Germany would rise again. And after the oppression of the German people after World War II by the so-called allies, you know, basically those nations uh, who were subdued economically by the Rothschilds, and that includes the Soviet Union, that uh, somehow even after all this oppression, Germany would rise again. However, before we get into that, uh, I have a question from Paul English, uh, you know, who's of course the uh, main website administer, uh, administrator of Eurofolk Radio, uh, because he asked a question of what is the true pronunciation of the name Yahweh, and uh, you know, uh, I said, well, uh, I believe it is, you know, as it's spelled Y A H W E H. However, yeah, and that would in English Yahweh, but in in the original language it would be Yahweh as the W. There was no W in those; it would yeah. be pronounced like a V. Okay, V. V. So I told him, well, the person to ask would be Pastor Martins, because the Boer people have proclaimed their Israelite heritage forever. And uh, how do they pronounce it in South Africa? And when I was there, among you and your people, everybody pronounced it Yahweh. Uh, am I wrong? That's correct, Pastor. In fact, um, it's quite, um, I, I don't think it's coincidental that you would ask this question at this juncture. 
Okay. Because I've spent most most of the day downloading um, details, intricate details, studies, uh, thesis, doctorate thesis uh-huh. of people writing about the name of uh, God. the God of uh, yeah. y- Yasharel. And uh, I think I most probably downloaded something like 30-odd different writings and teachings about um, Yahweh's name. Uh-huh. And uh, the consistency in the spelling as uh, as you spelled it, Yahweh, but uh, also in the way in which it is pronounced as Yahweh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting. And... and um, uh, uh, as it is, I I've only downloaded these uh, these books, and some of these books are uh, quite a number, a few hundred pages uh, right. of in, intense studies into, for example, um, the origin of the name of Yahweh, and also how the um, different gods that were worshipped by the Canaanites. Uh, came into uh, conflict with the name of Yahweh mm-hmm. and how the how the name of Yahweh survived amongst these different gods and deities of the yeah. people amongst whom the um, the, the chosen uh, house of Jacob yes. had meandered. Right, exactly, exactly. But uh, archaeology proves that the Canaanites had Yahweh as one of their gods in their pantheon, but it was not their exclusive god. And uh, what I teach on this subject is that, well, the, the Canaanites were hedging their bets. <laughs> they they worshipped any any and every god, you know, just, just in case they didn't, want, they didn't want to irritate any of them. Back to you. Pastor, interesting that you should name that, but it was not the name of Yahweh, uh-huh. but the name of Yahoo. Oh, okay, Yahoo. Okay, Yahoo. Yeah. Y a h u. Right. Well, and it's yeah. It's also be, interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Be, because I found it quite interesting in in South Africa because of the teaching of uh, one of the the Boers. Uh, who had been teaching on um, the the truth yes. for quite some time. He's, he has latched onto the name Yahua. Okay. And uh, when when I had the visitation of the angel, I was totally in the um, well. I, I was quite content with the name Yahweh. Okay. Like uh, you and I have been spelling it um, yeah. ever since. Right. But and pronouncing I it. I was yeah. in quite, quite in inner contention as to, um, because this name that I saw w- w- that was being used by quite a number of Boers as Yahuwah uh, came into conflict with what I was, uh, that I believed in and that I had, uh, you must remember that I also had theology training way back in 1976-77, and I was encountered with the name Yahweh, like we spell it, very often. But after the visitation of the angel, I spent about two years right. in conflict within myself as to the use of the name of Yahweh. Do I yeah. use it as Yahweh or Yahweh? Right, and, okay. Uh, and I, I made a, a thorough... Uh, it my, I made it my business, night after night, I would ask Father Yahweh to reveal to me which is correct. Yes. And eventually, I 
I, I felt confident that the name of Father Yahweh was, as we spell it, with the W-E-H. Yeah, but it's pronounced, it's pronounced like a V, because the, the, the letter W in English, in any language, did not exist until very late in history. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, and by, by the Germans, it's pronounced like a V. Yahweh. Correct. Okay, yes. Now, now that was also the way in which uh, and, and I'm glad you're mentioning the Germans because most of the Germans and what is known today as Germany uh, was inundated by the ten northern tribes of the house of Jacob after the, the, the dispersion out of Assyria. Exactly. So they, they were concentrated in Germany. Mm-hmm. And, and they spoke the language which the Boers also spoke, which was known as Dietz. Dietz, now, unfortunately, okay. the Jews, the Jews have hijacked the language, and they called it Yiddish. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Dietz spoken by Yids. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. But, but but Germany or German, as well as Dutch, as well as Flanders. Right. Um, Flemish. Flemish. Yes. Okay. Well, that's Flemish. very that's that's very interesting. Those languages. Yeah, those languages actually uh, grew out of the language called Dits, and that was the language that the Boers. Uh, everybody thinks that the Boers spoke um, Dutch, High Dutch. No, it they sounded didn't. like High Dutch. High Dutch was very closely related to Dits, yeah, but to the Boers High German, Dits, yeah. which was the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those languages have to be very close. See, now it's interesting because the the academic scholars because we were talking about what's the origin of the word saxon this morning okay yes. and uh the, the academics go out of their way to try to prove that the word saxon comes from a, a word for a knife a germanic word for knife uh yeah. at which they spell s-e-a-x okay but no that's yeah. not true the word saxon comes from isaac <laughs> right it comes from isaac and so, and they never right. mentioned they never mentioned a dialect called Dietz, right? As you're expressing it now, which would they they would refer to as Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so in other words, the Boer people have retained this language that they spoke coming out of the Caucasus. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so it would have to be the original language. So these Boer people, in addition to retaining the language, uh, also retained the, the their uh, name for Yahweh. Yeah. Okay. Now, as you recall, and uh, it's turning into a long deviation from uh, you know what our show is supposed to be about, but you know we, it's not a problem because we can continue this uh, study of. Um, uh, 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 Van Rensburg, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, next week as well. But as you recall, when I went to, uh, to visit you in 2014 for the Blood River Festival, when you picked yes. me up from the airport, our, you drove me to a very scenic place uh, in the area of a dam, as I recall. It was, yes. it, it was extremely beautiful and uh, pleasant, scenic. And uh, when we sat down to have lunch at the local restaurant there, the waiter uh, approached us just as, because you had asked me to say grace. 
And I said grace right. and finished in the name of Yahweh. And the waiter expressed real surprise that an American would be using the name of Yahweh, right? Yeah, I mean, he was shocked. Yeah. I mean, his, his jaw hit the ground. He was so shocked. Yeah. I said, no, no, we but, know the name of Yahweh. Over to you. Yes, Pastor, if you can recall, uh, that particular dam is the Artebiospur Dam. It's um, just to the west of Pretoria. And we, we were on our way to meet with um, with General Mani Maritz's son, if you can recall. Absolutely. We still got directions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what an eventful... Uh, you, you know that um, that Uncle Mani Maritz that we spoke, that we had the meeting with and that we discussed the details with. Yes. You know, he passed away just about two years after we visited him. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he was. He, I know I think, he was ill. He was very ill, but he was being well taken yeah. care of. Yes. Okay. But, but but I think it was a very timeless uh, visit that we paid him because um, in our discussions with him, it was quite a, a tremendous experience to be able to speak with the son of yeah. uh, most probably one of the most important, the most um, uh, 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 adventurous. Yes, uh, Boer generals that existed, that ever right. existed. Now, there are other Boer generals as well. For example, uh, General uh, De La Rey, mm -hmm. whom I have a lot of regard for. Okay. Um, but there were so many other Boer generals who had, can I say, succumbed to Freemasonry. They became Freemasons because of the influence and the uh, enticement by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, that's proof that the the satanic uh, viper seed follows us around wherever we go and distorts our societies and destroys our societies whenever they can. Exactly. And I remember because exactly. because you had told me about uh, uh, his father, General Moritz, and I asked if I could ask him a question. Namely, uh, do you understand that your father was actually assassinated by the Freemasons or the Cape Dutch Afrikaners? And uh, so, uh, so, and you asked the question in in uh, Afrikaans for me. Yes. And as I recall, his response was yes. Maybe you remember better that. Uh, yes. Okay, go ahead. You still told us in detail how he was. He actually accompanied his mother to the morgue to identify his father. Okay. Yes. And uh, he said definitely his father was um, was assassinated. Uh-huh. Okay. Not killed by enemy fire. He was assassinated by traitors. Okay. Well, Whether, not yeah. really traitors. The, the Edomite, Cape Dutch Afrikaners, one cannot call them traitors because they're not traitors. <laughs> they can only be traitors if they were Boers. Right. But, okay. <laughs> Don't but, get technical. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. But, but that is the case. I agree with you. Yes. They, they purporting to be Boers and purporting to be on the Boers' side and purporting to be standing together with the Boers. Yes. The Cape Dutch Afrikaners have always exploited the, the Boers' mm -hmm. um, uh, feeling uh, of trust. Yeah, tr and, and, and goodwill. Yes, and goodwill. And sorry to say, naivete. That That's our problem. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but who could imagine that somebody be walking around pretending to be you and trying to claim your inheritance. I mean, who well, can imagine Foster, that? Foster, the, the Afrikaners have, um, the, they have been at 
the the grabbing, the exploitation, but the grabbing and the thieving of the Boers inheritance and the heritage yeah. ever since the 31st of um, May 1910. Okay. Uh, when they grabbed the Boers Republics and uh, Jan Smuts and Louis Botha started killing off the all the Boer generals uh, that opposed them. Uh-huh. They were killed off. Wow. Wow. Well, talk about treachery. Absolute treachery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, that, uh, so you would say, you know, I told uh, Paul, uh, you'd be the person to ask because uh, Dietz, as you call it, uh, would have retained the correct pronunciation through throughout these centuries, through the last 2,000 yes. years. Okay. However, because the Boers, the the root parents, we call them the Stamowers, the, the the ones that came over from Europe. Uh-huh. Uh, remember that they were subjected to fifty months of um, service by contract to the Dutch East Indian Company, and the only way in which they could obtain their free burgership was to become members of the Dutch Reformed Church. They were actually forced. Mm-hmm. Either they were forced to be white slaves and they eventually became crucified, right. or they were, or they were strung over wagon wheels and their bodies torn apart. And of course, um, in plain sight or in in public view of the other Boers, and the Boers knew that if they weren't going to subject, subject be subjugated to the Dutch Reformed Church. That would be their end as well, right? So they were terrorism. That's the terrrorism. Yeah, there absolute sub- terrorism. Yes. Well, that's Calvinism, boss. Uh, that's right. Judeo Christianity. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So this is how. And so uh, you're saying you're suggesting that they may have lost some of their traditions because they were forced into the Cape Dutch, uh, you know, uh, uh, Calvinist churches. Absolutely, pastor. Okay. In fact. Um, some of my fiercest battles on uh, public media or social media today uh, and for the past six years have been against Boers. I, and I cannot just let them go. I, I've, I've got to right. battle them and prove to them that their ancestors had been subjugated to uh, yeah. enforced um, membership of the Dutch Reformed Church. Right. And Very good. I I found so many uh, evidence, in fact, clear devastating evidence against the Cape Dutch Afrikaners of their absolute, um, their their, uh, most horrific things that they had done to the Boers in order to subjugate the Boers and to make the Boers, in spite of the fact that they had been forced to become Dutch Reformed uh, members, must remember that by becoming Dutch Reformed members, they had to, first of all, undergo the... um, the, the christening. Right. Uh, and then they had to go through the process of catechism and uh, right. uh, the, the virtual or the, the um, number of rituals that they had to go through. <laughs> and then you must also remember that the Boers ancestors um, or, or root parents that came to the, what you call them, um, there's a certain name that you call them, the, the first um, Boers oh. that came to the Cape. Right, yeah, pilgrims. We call them pilgrims in here in America because we have the same thing. The pilgrims of America fled Europe to get away from uh, oppressive religion, oppressive versions of Christianity. 
as, as yes, did now, your people. So you found out once you got to South Africa that those oppressors had followed you there. Well, they were the, the, the uh, oppressors were the transporters. The oppressors were the those that established the um, refreshment station right. at the Cape. The oppressors That's, were the ones that subjugated the Boers right from the, the, yes. the very first days in the Cape. Right. But more than that, Pastor, what they also did, they refused to give them free burgership unless they were be had become members of the Dutch Reformed Church. Right. Now, one must remember that it was family units that came to the Cape, um, those that fled Europe because of the oppression of um, of of, um, of by um, mm -hmm. the Christendom, the the Boers came as family units, as family uh, groups. Uh, grandpa, and grandma, and mother and father, and six or eight or twelve children. Now, one of the first things that they did was they asked them for their marital certificates. Now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because they were not churchgoers in Europe, they they fled the churches. Right. They did not have marital cert certificates because they were not married in churches. Right. So one of the first things that Jan Jan van Riebeek did was he wrote to the the year seventeen, the Lord seventeen, asking for marriage, not counselors, but but people who could like ma marriage ministers. Now the Dutch Reformed Church had. Uh, two different levels of um, uh, um, uh, hirelings, if I can call them hirelings. Right. The one was those that ministered uh, and that were trying to teach only that which is official church dogma. Right. The the others they also had uh, that they weren't allowed to teach, but they could actually. Uh, do baptisms and they could or, or, uh, could do christenings and they could do uh, marriages etc. Right. Now Jan van Riebeek asked the Lord 17 to send some people across to do the marriages of these people that arrived without being married and they actually accused them of living in sin because ah. they couldn't produce marriage certificates right. their children were legitimate because they were born outside of wedlock and things like that now, that was all um, brainwashing in order to force the Boers into the church and state system. This system of church and state was um, already pre-organized and pre-arranged with the Dutch, uh, rather with the Roman Catholic Church, because the Roman Catholic Church was the state and the state was the Roman Catholic Church. Right, right. And this, this was also... Uh, exploited by John Calvin or John C Cohen, if yes, uh, if uh, yeah, and and John Cohen had the city of Geneva in Switzerland in total lockdown for numbers numbers of years. Yeah, and he was the the chief orchestrator. He was the one that he was like a prime minister. He was like the king of Geneva. Right, and he would. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to I have to laugh because you're making me uh, consider a joke because it was locked down for a disease called Calvin nineteen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it, it flows out of the same deception. Bob. There you go. It sure does. Right. Well, absolutely. Uh huh. Right. Well, but I mean, so, yes. Yeah, since we're so far down this rabbit hole, uh, I, I have to also point out that the. Um, 
uh, who was it? Uh, first of all, New Amsterdam was the original name of New York City. And so, so that the Dutch West India Company established that settlement, you know, and yeah. they were Calvinists. Okay. Yeah. And the Calvinists behind Cromwell instigated the French, uh, sorry, French, the uh, English Revolution, uh, beheaded Charles I, and this was financed by the Dutch Jews. Yes. Okay. Well, the, cor- the correlation between the Dutch Jews and the, the British Jews was to a very great extent. If you go and look at the um, Napoleonic uh, Wars, you will find that the British Jews actually sponsored the Napoleonic Jew, um, uh, uh, Wars. They paid for and Wellington's army. They paid for Wellington's army. That's what they did. It was not the British people who paid for Wellington's army. It was the Jewish banksters who paid for it. Yes, mm-hmm. but that indebted Holland. They got Holland so indebted with the Napoleonic Wars to the Jews in right. Britain. Right, okay. And that was... <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. That's how they operate. Getting everybody in was, debt, right. And that was why the Cape Colony was handed over to Britain, actually to the uh, British Jews mm-hmm. in uh, 1812. And, and uh, so, of course, uh, the Cape Colony became a British... Um, uh, right. Colony in 1812. It was um, uh, in 1814. The, the British came to annex uh, the the Cape Colony as part of Britain, and that is how right. uh, Cape the Cape Colony became part of Britain. Right. But uh, of course, emanating from that had been quite a number of other things as well. With the Dutch East Indian Company subjects of the the the. Um, uh, 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 the, the employees of the Dutch East Indian Company, the VO, right. VOC, all of a sudden found themselves stranded as settlers in the Cape, which they did not intend to be. Right, and uh, <laughs> of course they wanted to exploit. They wanted to exploit everything possible right. because they didn't like the British either. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So this is very interesting. So this is how the Bataan, so to speak, was transferred from the Dutch East India Company to the British East India Company, and uh, the Rothschilds were firmly in place in Britain at this point in time. Okay. Correct. All right. And so the, Roth- the, the yeah. Rothschilds. The Rothschilds was firmly in place in Germany and in France and in Holland and yeah. in yes. uh, Britain. And Italy uh, and Austria. And Italy, of course. Yes. yes, okay. So, yeah, so the Napoleonic Wars established the Rothschild banking family all over Europe. That, that's, uh, again, one of the unintended consequences of Napoleon's ransacking of Europe, <laughs> right, for yes. uh, you know, on behalf of the nation of France and the on behalf of actually yeah. the French Revolution, okay, which was a kind yes. which was started by Jews, right? The, the so-called yes. uh, what do they call themselves? Instigated. Yeah, they instigated it, and uh, Freemasons in uh, being paid off by Jews created the French Revolution. Okay, so the Jacobins, as they called themselves, okay. So uh, we, we see the intrigues of the Edomites. In all these wars, going this far back, the instigation of the Edomites against the Boer people throughout your entire history, including today. Absolutely, Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. They, they just Absolutely won't leave us alone. Go ahead. If, if you go into the details of the so-called super Afrikaners, and there are quite an, actually there's most probably a few thousand of them, the super Afrikaners who had risen to um, elitist status mm-hmm. in the world because of their the money there. And that was because they exploited the business of the Dutch East Indian Company. After, they, after the collapse of the Dutch East Indian Company, the British had their own trade links and their own trade lines, etc. Yeah. But these Edomite Cape Dutch, uh, prior to the 18, uh, 1814 um, annexation of the Cape by the British, had right. already established their own lines and links, etc. And they also enriched themselves out of the destitute state of the Boers that the Boers had been left in. Mm-hmm. You know that the Dutch East Indian Company, the the um, Lord 17 of the Dutch East Indian Company, had to establish laws against the exploitation of others, even the, the after the in, in 1836, um, right. Britain demanded all the release of the slaves, if you can recall. Right. 1836, that was the release of the slaves. Right. Now, the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners even exploited the Boers in terms of that. Okay. And they enriched themselves at the expense and the um, at, at, at the cost of the Boers on, in every possible way imaginable. Right. Right, as they do today. You know, Federal Reserve Bank, as Bank of England, it has not ended. Okay, it won't end until Yahshua returns. <laughs> right? And, exactly. uh, and even the word Yahshua, uh, because the modern churches, uh, even some people in identity don't want to accept the term Yahshua in place of Jesus. But, but then I explained to them, well, the, the name Yahshua is the Hebrew for Yahweh saves. So, and, and he was called Yeshua in Aramaic by his apostles. He was not called Jesus by the apostles. Exactly. He, was, he was called Yeshua, okay? And, but yes. the, every Hebrew name has a distinct meaning. And Yahshua means exactly. Yahweh saves. The saves. word The word Jesus does not have any meaning. It's simply a transliteration. Yeah. It's an attempt to express the name Yahshua in Greek, and it winds up yeah. sounding like Jesus Ye- uh, Ye- is how it's pronounced, and it's picked up in the yeah. Latin as Jesus as well. But the word has no meaning in either Greek or Latin, Pastor. It does not have any meaning. So how but, can but you even go ahead? Even, Pastor. Even Jacob. Now, remember that Jacob lived about 10 generations before Moses. Yes. Okay? Mm -hmm. In other words, 10 generations before Moses, Jacob already prophesied over his sons in, I think, Genesis 39. And right in the middle of his prophecies over his individual sons, he calls out, O Yahweh, I'm awaiting your Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> Did you get that? Yes. In other yeah, words, yeah, sure. right, in the, mm-hmm. right in the middle of his prophecies over his sons, Jacob already called out the name of Yeshua. Yes. Prophetically, yes. he called it out. Right. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, whenever the Messiah is referred to in the Old Testament, he is called Yahshua, because it means exactly. Yahweh saves. Okay, absolutely. Yahweh Yahweh is my salvation. salvation. If you want, yes. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these Hebrew names were actually full sentences. Okay. Yeah. It, it is Yahweh is my salvation, <laughs> right? Correct. Or Yahweh say even Yahweh saves itself is a sentence. Okay, it has a, yeah. a subject and a predicate. Okay, uh, this is or, not realized or, or, by or, many Judeo Christians. They don't understand this. Go ahead. Or, or alternatively, it means the salvation of Yahweh. Yes, Yeshua is the salvation of Yahweh. Right now, I I have found the the name of Yeshua. More than 60 times. I think I stopped at about 72 times where I have okay. found the name of Yeshua written by the prophets throughout from Genesis 1 verse 1 up to Malachi. Okay. The, 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 the prophets love to use the name of Yeshua. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You get 72 virgins in the kingdom. <laughs> Because you found yeah. the name seventy-two times, right? Well, since we're <laughs> since we're gone so far down this rabbit hole, I might as well go ahead and quote, and we'll pick up the story of Van Rensburg's prophecy about the Germans next week. And uh, because yes. because uh, we're so far down this road here, we're already uh, uh, twenty minutes left to go and less. But the article I sent you, yes. and uh, I'm going to quote here: yes. Jehovah or Yahweh. Okay, an article by Tom L. Yes. Ballinger, published in March 4, 2008. Plainer words, Jehovah or Yahweh. Okay, so the argument is whether the name of God, our God, our Father, is should be pronounced Jehovah or Yahweh or some other version. A lot of, a lot of people pronounce it Yahowah. They add another syllable in there. And I said, okay, I'm not going to argue about the number of syllables, but uh, what's the tradition of our people? The very little traditional evidence that Yahowah is the actual pronunciation. Uh, Yahweh is the one that is preferred by, I'd say, 90% of scholars, okay, who have dealt with this. So, but, yeah. uh, you know, is, is it possible they're wrong? Yeah, it's possible they're wrong. Maybe it was a three-syllable uh, three pronunciation. But that's why I asked you the question, what is the tradition of the Boer people who would be the ones who know best because they're the ones who kept this tradition alive, okay? All right. Yeah. So, he says, it has been pointed out in previous uh, articles online that in the KJV of the Bible, the name of God, that is a tetragrammaton, is virtually concealed or withheld. The Tetragrammaton is the name given to the four letters in the Hebrew Bible for the name of God, Y-H-W-H, which means, again, I said these names have meanings. I will become yeah. whatsoever I please, or as some versions say, I am who I am. The King James Version translates it as, I am that I am. Okay, that's the meaning, yeah. irrespective of the pronunciation. Okay, your comment at this point. Uh, Pastor, yes, if, if one looks at the point where... Yahweh reveals himself to Moses at the burning bush. Now, you must remember that Yahweh at that stage was, he had fled Egypt because he was fearing for his life that Egyptians wanted to kill him because he had killed an Egyptian. That's right. So he became, 
he became a shepherd for the sheep of his his father-in-law Jethro. That's right. And he was meandering with his his father-in-law's sheep in the desert, and he he was protecting them and caring for them and leading yeah. them. Right. And the next minute there was this burning bush, and he he found it strange that the burning bush. Apparently, it wasn't strange to him that the, the the bush was burning, but it was strange that the bird the the bush was not consumed by the fire. Right. So we approached the bush to see why it was not a burning, and when he approached the bush, he heard the voice call upon his name. And oh, oh no! The bush he, talked to him too. Oh my God! I'm having hallucinations. <laughs> Right. Well, okay. yeah. yes, exactly. And, yeah. and then he heard the voice say to him, take off your shoes or take off your sandals, whatever he was wearing, right. because you're standing yeah. on holy ground. All right. And, then, okay. and then, then when he did that, he wanted to know whom it was who was speaking to him. Now, something very interesting I read this afternoon as well was that at that time, you must remember that Jethro was a priest himself. Right. And a descendant so, of Abraham. He was a descendant of Abraham and Keturah, which makes him a Shemite, not a black African, as many of the churches try to exactly. teach. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Back to you. Yeah. Well, as many of the Judeo-Christian churches were trying to teach. Pastor, right. Exactly. Because yeah. they are so confused. They cannot even do plain, simple, scriptural exegesis. That's right. Um, because they don't know how to. They're, because yeah, they, they have don't. been inflamed and infected with the parasites of the yes. uh, the pig called... <laughs> right? Yeah. The, right. Nonetheless. The, the Edomites. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the Edomites, yes. Yeah. And... Um, uh, the the interesting thing at this point is that when um, Yahweh spoke to him, Yahweh said to him, I am that I am. And then we spoke to him and, and uh, he said, Yahweh said to him that, he should, that Yahweh had heard the lament of the people, of his people in Egypt. And Yahweh said to Moses that he should go and lead the people out of Egypt to their freedom. Right, and when Moses questioned, well, Moses had a lot of uh, talk back with Yahweh, and he said to him, "But I can't because they're going to kill me." And Yahweh said to him, "No, the people who wanted to kill you have already died; they have succumbed." Yes. And then when when Moses said, "But how can I lead the people? I I I don't have the ability to speak. I I am uh, yeah. short of tongue, if I can put it like that. Right. He's not well and spoken. He he, he, no, yeah, he's uh, not a great speaker, is what he's saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a, a vocalist. And, and Yahweh, <laughs> right. And Yahweh said to, to Moses, but I'm giving you your brother Aaron, uh-huh. and he will speak, and you will be like a god unto him. Okay. And then, but on everything that Moses um wanted to to like um, use as an excuse not to have to go right Yahweh had corrected him and, and Yahweh said to him what do you have in your hand and he said uh, uh, I've, I've got a shepherd's stick mm-hmm. and Yahweh said to him throw it on the ground and when he threw it on the ground it became a snake right. so, so Yahweh wanted to prove to Moses all the, all the way that 
Uh-huh. He had been chosen to go and to relieve the people right. of their slavery. Yeah, and if this miracle and does doesn't convince you, <laughs> I don't know what will. Exactly. Right? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And and yeah. then, um, then Moses said to Yahweh, "But whom should I go and tell my people? Whom sent me?" And then Yahweh said to him, "I am that I am, because I am. Uh, tell them I am sent you, because I am what I am, or that I am." Mm-hmm. And then. Yahweh went in the very next verse. Yahweh went further and said to him, "Tell the people that I, Yahweh." That was the first time that he had actually called his name because he didn't say that his name was "I am that I am." Right. He said that he was. Mm-hmm. In other words, his identity yes. was that of "I am that I am." Right. Then he said to Moses, "Tell your people." That Yahweh, the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, had sent you. Yes. So, okay. He, he, Yahweh clearly identified his his himself not just by his name. He first right. identified. Uh, he revealed himself to Moses as to whom he was and what he was, and then he revealed to Moses, "I am Yahweh, the God of your fathers." Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. Which means that right. Yahweh must have revealed himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as well. Of because course. Jacob had called out in in, in um, um, Genesis, I think, 39, uh, 27. He called out and he said, O Yahweh, mm-hmm. I yes. am awaiting your salvation, right. Yahshua. Well, this answers the question I had asked on a previous show. Did the Israelites yeah. forget Yahweh's name because of the 400-year uh, bondage to the Egyptians? And that's evidently the case. They simply forgot his, or they were forbidden to oh, use exactly it. Exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly the same with the Boers. The Boers have been um, the subjects of the Edomites since the, uh, well, for the past 362 years. Right. 363 years, exactly. Wow. <laughs> oh man, that, that may be prophetic, right? But uh, but actually, it wasn't exactly four hundred years; it was less than that because it's four hundred years the, since uh, the Jake, uh, Jacob and the Israelites went to Egypt. Jo- Joseph, yeah, jo- yeah, right. But they weren't yes. in captivity that whole time. Okay, so uh, exactly. So uh, it sounds to me like the end, the end of captivity of the Boer people is coming sooner than four hundred years. Okay, but uh, let, let yes, me continue. Absolutely. Yeah, let me continue here. So, and the article goes into discussing the exact verses that you just covered. But uh, what I wanted to talk about is for uh, Joseph Rotherham's discussion. Joseph B. Rotherham in his emphasized Bible points out that you can add another 2,000, not just the 5,000 times that Yahweh is mistranslated as L-O-R-D. It's also mistranslated at least 2,000 times as G-O-D in all caps. So here's what the King James translators have done. And Yahweh is translated two different ways. Capital L-O-R-D or capital L-O-G-O-D, all caps, okay? 
Since yeah. it is time-consuming to type cap L O R D in in cap and letter lowercase letters with larger capital L and smaller capital letters O R D, which is uh, f- for many people you won't even find that typeface lowercase capitals. We will simply yeah. place all the letters in the uppercase capital, such as L O R D and G O D, all caps. In yeah. Exodus 34:23, notice that Yahweh is rendered God. In the KJV, well, that's mm. not that's not correct. Uh, so he says yeah. that uh, thrice in the year shall all your men children appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. That's how it's translated in the KJV. But the Old Testament linear Bible of this verse shows that the word Lord is Adonai, while the word God is Yahweh, and the word God with capital G and lowercase O D is Elohim. So here in one verse, we note that the words Lord, God in all caps, and God, as we normally spell it, appears. Lord equals Adonai, God equals Yahweh, and God with the lowercase od is Elohim. So the correct translation should be that the uh, Adonai, my Adonai, Yahweh, who is my Elohim, <laughs> right? That makes perfect sense. And it avoids all the confusion of putting Lord, Lord, and God, God together, which makes no sense. Exactly. But, Pastor, okay. um, I did a, a search on the on the um, Hebrew occurrences of the word or the, the Yahweh's name as Yahweh. Uh-huh. It appears 6,828 times okay. as Yahweh <laughs> yes. in the Hebrew scriptures. That's right. So it means that it had been... There was an embezzlement of the name of Yahweh a total of 6,828 times in total because they substituted the name of Yahweh then with Lord, then as Adonai, and then as God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But they still embezzled it. It's still right. embezzlement of the name of Yahweh. Yeah, and it's a clever deception to change the name really? of Yahweh. Uh, to to these uh, various forms, okay, when it never should have been changed at yeah. all, okay. So uh, going down exactly. to, toward the end of the article, he says, "Well, it would be the same as." And he says, uh, "When he told Moses, Yahweh is my name for the ages." This indicates yeah. to me that he wants his people to call him by his name, not by any title exactly. or any substitute word. Yeah. Okay. Now, coming coming back to the name Jehovah, the name Jehovah only started appearing after the control of the Freemasons and the Templars and the Jesuits of the translation of the scriptures. Right. So I have totally rejected the name Jehovah as unholy and as yeah. a concoction by the Freemasons, even if you go and look at um, yeah. um, what's his name of um, the the um, Albert Pike, right? If you go and if you go and look at his writing, which is called the um, Morals and Dogma of the um, Ancient Rites, yes. If you yeah. go and look at that, you will find that he only uses the name Jehovah, right? Well, he learned that from the Jews, from the rabbis, and uh, the article goes into it, and, and it is as follows. To give the name J- uh, J-H-W-H, 
or you could say J-H-V-H because it is pronounced Yahweh in the original language. The uh, word yeah. for Lord, Hebrew Adonai, and pronounce it Jehovah is about as hybrid a combination as it would be to spell the name of Germany with the vowels in the name Portugal, and namely Gormuna. Because what they did was they took the vowels in the word Adonai and placed them inside in between yes. the Tetragrammaton. Okay? To, in order to change yes. the spelling and to change the meaning, obviously, as well. Exactly. Okay? Absolutely. So he says, this monstrous combination, Jehovah, is not older than about 1520 A.D. Okay? So it's not exactly. the way, right? The, <laughs> the Israelites would not have pronounced it Jehovah. It's not possible. They would have pronounced it Yahweh, spelled with yes. a J and a, w, and a V or, or a Y and a W. It doesn't matter. That's the actual pronunciation. Back to you. Yes. One must also remember that the King James 1611 version was most probably the most authoritative mm -hmm. Freemason <laughs> the most authoritative Freemason translated scriptures yes. uh, there was because after the 1611 scriptures or the King James Version, it is amazing how um, the translations, all, virtually all of them followed the trend that was set by the 1611 version of the um, King James. And that was all done by the Freemasons. Yeah. Wow, wow. Okay, since we're approaching the very end of our discussion, let me make one more quotation here. This is, <laughs> the fact remains that in most English translations, the special name of God is suppressed, almost completely concealed from the listening ear, and also almost hidden from the quick or uncritical eye. When he told Moses, Yahweh is my name for the ages, this indicates to me that he wants his people to call him by his name forever. To call, his, to call his name Lord, by the way, Yah is contained in that expression, hallelujah, okay, would be like a wife calling yeah. her husband Mr. Not very intimate. Okay? Yeah. He has a name. That name is given to us in Scripture, and uh, we do ourselves disservice when we apply other terms like Mr. Hey, Mr. Hey, you. Hey, God. God is not his name. God is merely a title. Yes. His name is Yahweh. Okay. So over to you for, we've got about a minute and a half left. Yes. Apostle, I, I've just noticed that the very next sentence states, his name was Yahweh to the Jews in the Old Testament times. The word Jews only appeared in the 1400s for the first right. time in, in the English translations, yeah, yeah. also under the yeah. authority of the Freemasons. So the it, word Jew never existed in the right. scriptures. Yeah. Oh, Tom Ballinger didn't uh, go into that. <laughs> He never investigated that, okay, yeah. right? It, it's, it's a pity, but, yes. but it was the Yahudites. Right, or Yehudim, Yehudim in Hebrew, Yehudim. Yehudim. Yes, okay. Absolutely. So, right, okay. But, but, with, the, the, but yeah. with the first three characters as Yah. Yes, there you go. Because it relates to the joy of Yahweh. Amen, amen. Yeah, and uh, the, the name Yahud or Judah has a name, has a meaning, just like all the other Hebrew names have specific meanings. Okay. Yes. And so this is not this is not captured in the translations, and we should do our best to capture these meanings. Yes. Yes. 
it's diligently neglected in the translation. <laughs> right, diligent. Yeah, right. Do with due diligence to neglect. <laughs> right. Okay, we've run out of time, yeah. Pastor. Thank you. A wonderful study today. All right, all right, folks. Thanks thank for listening. Thank you very much, Pastor. Yes, thank you. Be blessed. Be blessed. You too. Yahweh bless and, Yahweh. and pass the ammunition. You're going to need it. Bye bye. Absolutely. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.